This world is in turmoil. So much deception, propaganda, agendas, wars, pandemics, inflation, food shortages, and and governmental control, it can leave one feeling totally bewildered. But have no fear. The Lord is coming back soon, and I'm telling you, the World Economic Forum is going to see what a real great reset is. We'll talk about God's great reset on today's edition of End of the Age. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Dave Robbins with End Time Ministries. Thank you so much for joining me on this edition of End of the Age. Much of today's news headlines are geared to to scare folks. And in Luke chapter 21, verses 26 through 27, it says that just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ, men's hearts will be failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. Read your news headlines and you'll understand what I'm saying. And the Bible says, For the powers of the heavens shall be shaken, and then they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with power and great glory. So just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ, fear will be rampant in the earth. However, not if you're a Christian. John chapter 16, verse 33. In the world you shall have tribulation, but the Bible says, be, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. You say, how in the world, in the midst of all this turmoil, strife, wars, all these different things, how can I be of good cheer? Well, folks, I'm telling you, that's how I live my life. I'm not in fear, not in fear mode. I am of good cheer. Why? Because this old world's not my home. I'm just passing through. I'm preparing myself, my family, those that are in our sphere of influence for the second coming of Jesus Christ and for the soon coming kingdom of God on this earth. So I don't get caught up. I do study and follow the things of the earth. And I do follow the news. I live in the news every day pretty much. But I don't let it rattle me. I'm not going to let anything cause me to lose my relationship with the Lord and what my goal is, and that is to live with Him for eternity. And that's really the reason for this program today. 2 Timothy 1, verse 7. The Bible says, For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of what? A sound mind. Not supposed to let the the, um, issues and the crisis and different things in the world rattle me and my Christian walk. The Bible says, He that endures to the end, the same shall be saved. 
So guess what? You, as a Christian, you're going to have to endure some things. Guess what? Christians have flat tires. Christians' hot water heater goes out. Christians have um, somebody try to take advantage of you. That, yes, that happens to Christians too. And, but the fact of the matter is, is we do not let that shake me from my walk with God. I don't lose my relationship with Him over it. I don't lose my witness to my sphere of influence. And I make sure I'm preparing for the second coming of Jesus Christ. Matthew 24, 6. Jesus said, you're going to hear of wars and rumors of wars. But see that ye be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. You say, well, hold on a minute. The Bible says you just read in Luke that men's hearts would be failing them for fear just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. That is true. But I did not say Christians' hearts would be failing them for fear. There will be people on the earth that have, that have been caught up in this world governing effort and have... Um, pledged allegiance to the Antichrist. They're not serving the Lord. They're trying to do everything with their own two hands and their own intellect. And at that point, yes, I would be scared if I was doing that. But I'm not doing that. As a Christian individual, I'm not worried about Joe Biden. I'm not worried about Nancy Pelosi. I'm not worried about Kamala Harris. I'm not worried about any of them. I'm not worried about Klaus Schwab or I'm not worried about George Soros or uh, Vladimir Putin. I'm not worried about the wars that are going on. What I'm concerned of is, Jesus, do you know that I love you? And I want a relationship with you. And I know that you're watching over me. You're blessing my life. I'm a spirit-led individual. And I'm preparing myself for his soon coming. And guess what? I'm walking through this life knowing and feeling the presence of God and the love, power, and the sound mind the Bible was talking about. My heart is never going to fail me for fear because I know that I'm in God's hands and He is protecting me. The Bible says He he encamps His angels about them that fear Him. I do fear God. I reverence God. Because I know that He loves me and we have a wonderful relationship. It's the best way to live, folks. Now, but think about the news, right? Today, global warming, inflation, food shortages. Everything's designed to scare you to death. Wars, rumors of wars, um, monkeypox. Think about all this stuff going on. Governmental control. I mean, the list goes on forever and ever. Go to some of these liberal news sites. And by the time you get done, you almost have to go see a psychiatrist, right? Well, that's where we're living in. That's the world that we're living in. Think of it. Um, Former Vice President Al Gore has been in the news lately, pushing his climate change propaganda. Human-induced global warming, which leads to climate change. It's going to cause the the, uh, polar ice caps to melt and the, the... um, oceans are going to rise to a certain point where it's going to flood America. I mean, think about that. Scaring people to death. If that's the case, why has President Obama and Bill Gates and all these guys, why do they own oceanside properties? Think about that. If they're so scared about all this stuff happening, why do they own property 
out on the ocean. Why would you do that? Because it's a total scam. It's propaganda. It's to scare you into bowing down to their edicts. Bigger government. Are you scared of global warming and the climate change yet? I mean, Al Gore wants you to be. He's doing his best to scare you out of your mind, right? Well, we're going to talk more about this when we get back because there's coming a day when those clouds will split open and Jesus Christ is coming back. And believe me, then everybody on the earth will see what a great reset really is. Talk about it more when we get back from the break. Satan and the elites of this world don't want you to understand the timeline leading to the second coming of Jesus. You can pinpoint where we are in the end time, understand how you fit in, and be filled with hope in God's plan by watching the future according to Bible prophecy. Go to endtime.com slash future or call 800-END-TIME. That's 800-363-8463. Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills, but God has always provided. We started with the magazine, then went on radio and TV, and now we have the Jerusalem Prophecy College in Israel and online and End of the Age Plus. The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the end time message. Through the years, my husband would say, we will see revival like never before in the last days. We are living in the end time now. Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you, and we love you. What if you could understand Bible prophecy? Dave Robbins, the host of the End of the Age television and radio programs, is holding a free prophecy conference near you. Gain peace and understanding about what the Bible says concerning end-time prophecy. Call 1-800-END-TIME. Or visit endtime.com slash events for more information. Well, we were talking about Al Gore for a second. And he, again, he's been in the news lately pushing his propaganda of human-induced global warming, which leads to climate change. But I want you to understand something. It's all a scare tactic. It's a scam. It's propaganda. In the Investor's Business Daily ran an article back on January 26th of 2016. Okay, And in the article, it said that 10 years ago Monday, now this would have been 2006, Al Gore said that, We had only a decade left to save the planet from global warming. Well, while at the Sundance Film Festival in January of 2006, during the premiere of his An Inconvenient Truth movie, Al Gore made a grand declaration. The former vice president said, in the words of the Associated Press reporter taking down a story, 
He said this, and I'm quoting, unless drastic measures to reduce greenhouse gases are taken within the next 10 years, remember, he's saying this in 2006, within the next 10 years, the world will reach a point of no return. Now, here we are in 2022, folks. But in Gore's own words, he claimed that we were in a true planetary emergency. But listen at this very closely. The terrible truth for Al Gore is that there is no planetary emergency, and we know that his original 10-year prediction, obviously it didn't, it didn't happen. None of these predictions have happened. In fact, not one of the dire predictions that Al Gore gave and the rest of the alarmist community that they have made have come to pass. Not one. Not one of Al Gore's in his Inconvenient Truth movie. Not one of those predictions have come to pass. But yet, they're still trying to push and push and push human-induced global warming, which leads to climate change. It is an absolute hoax, folks. So think about that. It's all designed to scare you. But the Bible says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and of a sound mind. I'm not worried about the earth burning up. It's simply not going to happen, at least not right now. And so think about these articles, though, designed to scare a person. The town hall. They wrote an article about, the, about World War III is here, and it's an ongoing psyop, or a psychological operation, that's a psyop, to break America. Now, they're not talking about a physical World War III between Iran and America, no. But it says the United States is in a world war. And it's insidious because there is no shooting right now. Under banners such as the Green New Deal, the Great Reset, Build Back Better, and Social Justice and the Greater Good, this war is being waged by groups and cabals, both within and from outside our borders. In short, we face irregular and unrestricted warfare against the sovereignty of the United States, of course, the world's oldest constitutional republic, that has provided more freedom and opportunity to its citizens than any other government in the history of mankind. Once you understand the basic facts behind the total unrestricted warfare, everything begins to make sense. What's really going on here in the United States? Unlike the physical territory and and fronts of a conventional war, the battlefield of this war is the mind and the soul of the people of the United States, American citizens. The goal is to confuse and demoralize Americans through these ideological, spiritual, psychological operations or psyops and different and, and lawfare and a range of other deceptions. Unrecognized by most, this war has been going on during the last century in different forms and from different actors. People trying to take over our economy, obviously the Federal Reserve with the Federal Reserve Act. People coming in, they couldn't defeat us militarily, so they had to take over our economy and start implementing socialism here in America. 
The primary targets of this war are the American people's sense of identity. They're going around taking down statues and they're trying to make it so our young people, they don't even want to fight for America anymore. Uh, they, um, the enlistments and different things in our military, they're making it so our young people are saying, well, why would I want to fight for America? Who cares about America? And uh, so the, uh, it's an attack on American people's sense of identity and their belonging and their family orientation. They're trying to break down the family. Uh, a, a young boy can say he's a female and that should just be accepted in society. There are huge agendas pushing this. If you want to kill an unborn child, hey, we need to fight for your right to do that, right? This is, um, this is um, America, a lot of what we're living in, and attack their faith in God and trying to push God out of society. Everything that has made America what it is, the people that want to destroy America have to push that away. So America doesn't be, America ceases to be America. And they want to do away with our appreciation for our country. No, no, I don't want to. I don't want to fly an American flag. I mean, that's that's for uh, that stands for American freedom and our American way and the land of the free and the home of the brave. So they want you. They <clears throat> they would love you to fly some other kind of flag, possibly a United Nations flag. I mean, Ban Ki Moon, the the uh, former Secretary General of the United Nations, he said there's only really really one true flag for the people of the earth, and that's the blue flag of the United Nations. So our enemy's battle plan revolves around creating division within America in every way, between children and parents, between young and old. We're watching this happening right now, folks. And it's by grand design, between the young and the old, between races. If, they, if the government would just step out of it and leave everybody along, alone, everybody, I, I believe everybody would pretty much get along. But no, the governments come in and they'll just stir up the race issue and stir up the gender issue. And, you know, between heterosexuals and homosexuals and just, it, they're just trying to keep turmoil, turmoil, turmoil. And the recent explosion of it, this, the, the transgender movement, may be a marker of the, the nearing a, a possible end here. For no civilization can survive when individuals turn on themselves. And the common thread of those who want to take America down is a secular globalist vision that nullifies the sovereignty of the nation state. Um, Strobe Talbot said years ago, there's going to come a time when the nation state will be gone and that everybody will answer to a world governing body. Well, that's what the globalists are trying to do today doing away with the nation state, not for us to believe in the Judeo-Christian foundational principles of that made America great and believe in our, uh, our American country, a Christian nation. They're trying to do away with all of that. And so we wouldn't want to have a, a nation state anymore. We would just say, well, let's just, let's yield everything up to a world government. That's what the globalists want. And for these elites, the United States and its Constitution, the stand in the, that stand in the way of this, that's their biggest obstacle. 
There are people today in our government that completely ignore the Constitution, which limits government. And so these are the news headlines, folks. A world war going on right here in our country. This is what Donald Trump fought. This is what Ron DeSantis is fighting. They're fighting against the establishment, the deep state, people that are trying to deindustrialize America. They're trying to denationalize America. They're trying to de-God America so that we, we get off of everything that has made us great. Capitalism and the uh, American dream. No, no, there's no dream anymore. That's not true. But there are people that want you to think that. They want to keep you in fear mode so you won't even think about that. These are news headlines. The Coindesk, they published an article. Central bank digital currencies, not crypto, will be the cornerstone of the future monetary system. The Bank for International Settlements says. Now, over the past month, maybe month and a half, I've been trying to bring in and educate you on the Bank for International Settlements and what that's really all about. The banks that rule the world. Our Federal Reserve, the Central Bank of the United States, is just a group, a a private group of bankers. It's a cabal. It has nothing to do with our government. Private bankers control our economy. I, I heard today, I just read an article, that the Fed is going to raise interest rates again. Well, guess what? There is a private group of bankers that have nothing to do with our government that have decided we need to raise the interest rates on the American economy again. Now think about that, folks. has nothing to do with our government. That's supposed to be under the power of the Congress, an elected group of individuals. But the Federal Reserve Act pulled that from the Congress years ago and gave it to this private cabal of international, of of bankers. Uh, To really expose that and go deep into it, you could read G. Edward Griffin's The, uh, The Creature from Jekyll Isle book, and there are many others. But G. Edward Griffin's book just gives you more detail than you would want to know about it. But I want you to understand the Bank for International Settlements. It's very seldom in the news, but yet them and the central banks around the world, they are the ones controlling the economies of our planet, everybody. When you've got a central bank around the world and then the hub of that is the Bank for International Settlements, then you understand who's really running the finances and the economy of the world. Well, what's going on, the Bank for International Settlements, these, these, federal, these um, central banks, they realize that they cannot control, because what happens is our dollar bill is a Federal Reserve note. They, the Federal Reserve prints our money. Well, the, some people came up several years ago with cryptocurrencies or an, a decentralized type of currency where people, it's an alternative payment method to the dollar bill, a cryptocurrency. Well, the Bank for International Settlements, these um, Federal Reserve Banks, these central banks, they realized, oh no, we can't control that. And if 
corporations and stores and the you know um, merchants they decide to take cryptocurrencies instead of the dollar bill, people can bypass our system of control that we have. And so since they can't control it, Joe Biden told us exactly what they're doing. He just signed that executive order uh, within, I don't know, the last couple months that said, hey, we've got to get control of this. We can't control cryptocurrency. It's decentralized. So what they did, they had to make a crisis out of it. So they took the few times that somebody has been taken advantage of in the cryptocurrency world and said, hey, people are getting taken advantage of in this cryptocurrency world and we, the Federal Reserve, need to are, are going to propose our own central bank digital currency backed by the government. That sounds awesome, doesn't it? Backed by the government. That's going to make me sleep better tonight. We're going to, impl- we're going to propose our, and, and, and eventually implement our sustainable, are these um, central bank digital currencies. So that way, and then we are going to regulate because people are getting taken advantage of by these cryptocurrencies. Now, this is what's going on in America and around the world right now. The Bank for International Settlements said about uh, back in January that 90% of the central banks around the world are looking into proposing central bank digital currencies. If that were to happen, folks, that would be a, an enormous travesty. Because you talk about control, these central bank digital currencies are tokens. They're programmable. They can program what you can and cannot spend them on. They will know every cent, how, what goes into your bank account and every cent that comes out. And they can control every one because it's all electronic, see? Well, now this article comes out that says, from the Coindesk that says, Central bank digital currencies, not crypto, will be the cornerstone of the future monetary system. And it's coming from a report by the Bank for International Settlements. Now, that's why I wanted to give you a little background here. My father-in-law, Irvin Baxter, always told me, he said, Dave, don't ever forget the Bank for International Settlements. That's the hub of it all. My father-in-law had interviewed a lady named Joan Vion many times. Many of you all may have heard those interviews where Joan Vion talked about she had been one of the very few people that had been invited to the Bank for International Settlements for a tour, and she talked to many of the people that ran the Bank for International Settlements. And she's the one that wrote all these great articles about the banks that rule the world. And that's really helped in our education about that. Well, you can go online, you got to really look, but there's several of those old articles from a lady named Joan Vion about the banks that rule the world, the Bank for International Settlements. We'll talk about it more when we get back from the break. Whether it's a global pandemic, threat of war, or floundering economies, end-time events are happening around the world every day. How can you have peace in a world of such great uncertainty? With the End Time Magazine subscription, you can gain a deeper understanding of current events and its prophesied repercussions. End Time Magazine's exclusive content and prophetic insight allows you to understand where we are in the end time. It will give you peace when horrific news and events happen. When you subscribe today to End Time Magazine for 12 months for just $19.99, you can have hope for the future because you will understand what the Bible says about the time we are living in. You'll get access to exclusive articles like the Prophesied American-Israeli Alliance, 
end time do's and don'ts and could school choice save america subscribe for you or a friend right now go to endtime.com or call 1-800-END-TIME that's 1-800-END-TIME the symbols and prophecies within the book of revelation have perplexed christians and unbelievers around the world in his final work revelation the unveiling of jesus christ part two the late Irvin Baxter unlocks the mystery of the book of Revelation with in-depth analysis and commentary like you've never heard before. These comprehensive study tools, available for $299, will deepen your biblical understanding. Don't miss this special offer. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com. If your station only carries the first 30 minutes of End of the Age, go to endtime.com and click the watch button to continue today's broadcast. You can also finish the archive button. Now, we're talking about this Bank for International Settlements, a 42-page chapter in the Bank for International Settlements annual economic report envisions a future where programmability and tokenization are built on top of the central bank digital currencies. Folks, the central bank digital currency is all about one thing. Don't ever forget this. It doesn't matter how good President Biden makes it sound or how they're saying that it will protect the American people. The central bank digital currencies are all about control, control, control. They can't control the cryptocurrencies. They can't control cash, but they can absolutely control central bank digital currencies. The Coindesk also also reported that the Bank for International Settlements calls for global collaboration with central bank digital currency designs. These things are not going to go away, folks. The Swiss-based Bank for International Settlements, I think it's in uh, Basel, Switzerland, released a report produced in collaboration with the International Monetary Fund and the World Bank. The world government. The, The International Monetary Fund and the World Bank are tentacles of the world government. They work right along with the United Nations. So the Bank for International Settlements has asked for the four countries to cooperate at the early stages of central bank digital currencies. They're designed to make it easier for systems to work across borders. Each jurisdiction will have its own legal framework, but many design features for central bank digital currencies, which are digital versions of existing sovereign currencies, like our dollar bill, but it's going to be all electronic. With something's electronic, you can shut it off with a switch, folks. And they can't, they, they, right now, if I've got dollar bills, I can spend them. Nobody can shut that off. But if it's electronic, it's like your computer. All I got to do is shut the lid. It's done on you. So, but they're still undecided, allowing central banks to start with a clean slate. According to a just released Bank for International Settlements joint report with the International Monetary Fund and the World Bank, They are working. Now, in January, they said 90% of the banks are, central banks are considering, just looking into rolling out a central bank digital currency. Now, here we are in July, 
And they're saying, hey, all you guys work together to make sure everything uh, correlates perfectly across borders to make sure that I can spend my central bank digital currencies in Israel and in Russia and in China <coughs> and all, <coughs> all around the world. Excuse me. So you say, man, these things are closing in. Folks, these are just a couple, two or three articles. We have got hundreds and hundreds of articles I could use, if I wanted to, to scare you out of your mind because all of this stuff is happening so fast and you would almost think that we're already in some, 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 some type of a concentration camp if you look at it from that perspective. However, the Bible says you're going to go through tribulations, but be of good cheer. You say, well, hold on a minute. How does that work? How can I be of good cheer when you're telling me the central bank digital currencies are coming down the pike and they're controllable and they're going to try to control us and get us to eventually bow down to the edicts of the one world governing body because they'll be able to control the buying and selling with these things. Dave, how you're, you're contradicting yourself. Actually, I'm not. I'm going right along with what the Bible says. There will be men whose hearts are failing them for fear in the end time. However... There will also be people in Daniel eleven thirty two and 33, at the time of the Antichrist, they that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits, and they that understand among the people shall instruct many. So, there's going to be two type of people on the earth in the end time. There will be people that have moved off into the arms of the Antichrist, and they will be living under that control, mind control, physical control. But for a Christian individual, I'm never going to pledge allegiance to anybody but God Almighty. So it's very important. It's a total different way of looking at things. I don't look at this world from the perspective that most people do. I look at it from a Christian perspective. You say, well, I, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't pay any attention to that kind of stuff because... That's just, you know, you guys are all pie in the sky. No, no. If you understand anything about the Bible, this is how a Christian's supposed to live. And the, one of the ways I do that, now, we pray every morning. We are led by the Spirit of God. I live for God on a consistent basis. It's not living for God today, and then I'll go two or three or four or five weeks not paying any attention to God. And then oh, I might swing back around and say hi to him. And then, now nah, I'm going to wait for another year. And, uh, you know, no, 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 it's not like that. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about living for God on a daily basis. I live for God, not because I have to, but because I want to. I love Jesus Christ. He died for me so I don't have to go to hell. So do I love him? You better believe I do. I, don't, I, I love him for everything that he's done for me because of who he is. He came, robed himself in flesh, died for me on Calvary. How can I not love him? He did that because he loved me. But guess what? He just doesn't love Dave Robbins. God loves you. And you can live just like I do. This is infectious. If you're around us, if you're around our family, it's, it, it is um, contagious. You will f- sense the love of God on us 
And you'll say, you know what? Wow. I want to be like that. Then that's why the reason this ministry has been so successful is because we teach the gospel of the coming kingdom of God, which I'll get to in just a moment, and how you can live like we do prior to His second coming. It's an awesome life. You say, well, you guys are rich. I'm not. I'm nowhere near rich. I'm, that's not my goal in this life. My goal in this life is to get myself ready for that second coming, to get my wife ready, Jana, to get my kids ready, my granddaughters, and everybody else in my sphere of influence. Prepare them for that second coming. Folks, there's nothing more important than that on this earth. You want perfect peace. Say, well, there's no such thing as peace. That's not true. That's a lie from Satan. You can go through the turmoil and all these news stories and everything else and have perfect peace in your life knowing that if I don't wake up in the morning, I know where I'm going to end up. The worst fear in this life is not knowing where you're going to end up should you pass on for this life or should the rapture occur and I really don't know where I'm going. I have had church friends of mine. Matter of fact, I lived like this for a while. My father-in-law, Irvin Baxter, lived like this at a young age. That thought, you know what, man, I've made some mistakes and there's going to come a time when either the rapture happens or I go by the way of the grave or I'm going to approach the pearly gates one day and the the Apostle Peter is going to say, no, you did such and such 20 years ago. God didn't forgive you of that and he's going to slam the gates in my face. I have, And I've lived under guilt. My father-in-law did the same thing. Even though he was, when he was evangelizing, he still thought, I made a mistake <coughs> Sorry, years ago and God can't forgive me for that. So I've known Christians that lived under guilt. Because they thought, well, I I did this mistake years ago and God can't forgive me. Or I have backslidden. I lived as a Christian at one time, but I walked this, my my cough, everybody, is a lingering from my, I had COVID last week. And so it's lingering from that. I still got this crazy cough. I don't have COVID anymore, but I still got this crazy cough. So you have to bear with me and forgive me. But living under guilt. A Christian, it's possible to do that, but you shouldn't be doing that. A backslidden, a backslidden Christian shouldn't be doing that. You should be coming back to God. God wants everybody to come back. God died for, the, for everybody, even the backsliders. Come home. We want you to come home. God wants you to come home. And so the Bible talks about the, prodigal, the, the parable of the prodigal son, right? The father was waiting there for the prodigal son to come home. And he said, hey, kill the fatted calf. It's party time because our son or daughter has come home. So all you backsliders, there's no excuse. Excuse. Get home. Come home to God. Come home to church. Get back in the fold. People will love you and welcome you home. Now, wow. Supposed to be talking about prophecy, but you know what? This all ties in together, folks. It's very, very important. Because the reason I'm talking about this today, it really hit me in prayer. Because I know Christians that are very frustrated. 
at some point in your life, you made a mistake. And Satan, the enemy of your soul, has hounded you and hounded you and hounded you over that mistake you've made 10, 15, 25, 30 years ago and says, you'll never make it. Look at what you did. You were serving God and look at what you did. It's over for you. Folks, that is a lie from Satan. He's the father of lies. The truth truth is not in him. So he's a master at trying to manipulate you and get you into fear mode and into guilt mode to where you think, I'll just throw in the towel. There's no sense in me doing this anymore. I might as well go do whatever I want because I'm not going to make it anyway. Or you're trying to serve God, but you're living under guilt all the time. I'm going to get there someday and I'm just not going to make it. That's a lie. The Bible says that if you will ask God to forgive you, He is just to forgive you. It's a promise from God Almighty. What better resource for a promise than God? And so, I want to encourage you today. Yes, the Bible says there that we will go through tribulations, that things are going to happen. There will be men on the earth and women on the earth that their hearts are failing them for fear. Look at all the news and everything that is designed to scare you out of your mind today. I live in that news world every single day of my life. But guess what? I'm not afraid, folks. I don't live like that. I'm living as a God-called minister, serving God, doing His will. I have a daily prayer life, going to church, serving Him faithfully, doing His will in my life, and I'm happy. I am happy. Yes, under a Joe Biden administration, I am happy. Even though interest rates are going up, I'm happy. Even though gas prices are up, I'm happy. Do I agree with everything? No, I didn't say you got to agree with everything, but I'm living as a happy individual because I do not let the circumstances of this life control whether I'm happy or not. You say, well, what are we talking about here? I'm preparing you for the second coming of Jesus Christ. If you're going to live as a successful, balanced Christian, you're going to have to get these concepts. God can forgive me. I can pick myself up and keep on walking on the straight and narrow path because God loves me. He died for me. And if I made a mistake, I don't care what it was, God can forgive me. That's a promise to you and me. I've been part of the End Time family from the beginning over 30 years ago when my parents, Irvin and Judy Baxter, began the ministry from the recliner in our living room. My name is Jana Robbins. I have the pleasure of connecting with our incredible partners every day. End Time is a small nonprofit that runs a high-traffic website, a daily TV and radio show, the Prophecy College in Jerusalem, and more. Although we have less than 30 team members, we are able to serve tens of millions of people each month. We survive on the goodness of God and donations averaging about $50. If everyone hearing this message gave $22, our financial needs would be met for the year. If you only give to one cause per month, please consider partnering with End Time to help get the message of our soon coming King out to the world. Call us at 1-800-END-TIME to give today or go to endtime.com to become a monthly or one-time partner.
You know, everybody, as a Christian, if I cannot share the love of God with you and a message of hope in things to come, then I have failed you as a minister. Because it's my job to sh- for you to see Jesus through me. And have I made mistakes in my life? Yeah, absolutely. Everybody, not, there's not one person that's ever lived besides Jesus that didn't make a mistake. But the fact of the matter is, it's not how you start out. It's how you end up. That's the most important thing. You've got to get over that hump in your mind. I made a mistake. Great. Lord, please forgive me. I didn't mean to do that. Now, Remember when the, I'm, I'm way off my notes, I'm just going to go. Remember when the woman was brought to Jesus who was caught in the act of adultery. There was no hearsay. Well, I, I heard she was, had an adulterous affair. No. The Bible says, you guys know what I'm saying, she was caught in the act of adultery. Brought to Jesus. She was brought to Jesus because they wanted him to say, stoner. They wanted to catch him. All Jesus does, <coughs> you'll have to forgive me for a second. I've got to get a drink of water. I'm not supposed to be doing this on air, but I love you guys and you love me, and I know that you'll overlook it. <coughs> so... <coughs> The woman was brought in the act of adultery to Jesus. He didn't want to stone her. He wanted to have mercy on her. So, he didn't want to condemn her. So what does he do? Hey, the law says stone her. Jesus bends down and he starts riding in the dirt. Riding in the dirt. My father-in-law used to say, the Bible doesn't say this, but my father-in-law said, it's possible that he was writing the sins of the individuals that were standing around. Now, that's not scriptural, but my father-in-law used to add that to his story and say, I speculate that he was doing this, and it's possible. John, you did da-da-da. James, you did da-da-da. So-and-so, you did this. Well, when he looks up, everybody's gone. They just faded off into the city. He looks at the woman and he says, woman, where are your accusers? She goes, I don't have any. And he said, neither do I condemn thee. But this is very important. He said, go thy way and sin no more. He did not say, look, I'm going to forgive you. Keep on doing your same lifestyle. No, he did not. He said, I'm going to forgive you, but you go your way and sin no more. It's a very important Lifestyle lesson to a Christian. When you ask the Lord to forgive you, true repentance is to turn away from. It's something we don't talk about much anymore. Repentance. True repentance. Not, Lord, forgive me. Now let's go party again. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm talking about true, from the heart, repentance. God, I am sorry. 
I just made a mistake. I didn't, I was, I'm doing the best I can, but in, the, in a, a moment of weakness, I made a mistake. And I am so sorry. I know that you don't want me to do those types of things. God, please forgive me. I'm ne- if you'll help me, I never want to do that again. True repentance is to turn away from your old lifestyle and to live for God, to make up in your mind, God, if you will help me, I'm going to pray every day, I'm going to seek your face, I'm going to live for you, and I'm going to turn away from my old lifestyle. True repentance means to turn away from. Now, if you're living like that, you're doing your best you can, you repent, God is just to forgive you. Okay? You pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and say, here we go, back on the straight and narrow. No matter what, you do not let Satan pull you off of that straight and narrow. Satan is a master at giving you exit ramps off of the straight and narrow. But no matter what happens, you love God, you serve God, you make a mistake, you repent, you do the best you can, and the Bible says, He that endures to the end, the same shall be saved. You, my friend, as a Christian, can make it. There are a lot of Christians living today that don't think they can make it. Backslider, I'm talking to you today. You can make it. You say, well, I don't have the strength. You're right, you're not strong enough. You don't have the strength to make it. But, what did Jesus Christ tell the disciples? When he was fixing to ascend into heaven in Acts chapter 1, he said, don't go back up to to the Sea of Galilee and all that region up in there where you guys are from. You go and tarry in Jerusalem until you be endued with what? Power from on high. Jesus Christ will give you the power to make this walk. He didn't ask you to do it alone. So, when in Acts chapter 2, when the people were converted, they repented, they were baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost. Right after that, the Bible says that they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, breaking in bread, and in prayers. They had to learn how to live as Christians beyond the born-again experience. And so that's what you have to do. You say, well, I've been serving the Lord for 20 years. Yeah, but are you living under guilt? This is the way to overcome that. You can make it, but you've got to realize that God will forgive me. The Bible says, blessed is the man to whom God will not impute sin. You ever heard that scripture? You ever read it and you thought, ah, that can't be me. That's got to be the Apostle Paul. No, that's every Christian. Blessed is the man to whom God will not impute sin. When you're born again, God imputes His righteousness. His righteousness is imputed to you. And your sins are laid to His charge. That's what the blood is all about. The Bible says to be baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of sins. Remit means to pay for. The Bible says without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. There is no payment of sins. His blood will cover you once you're born again. So guess what? From then on, you lead a balanced Christian life by... I'm telling you, folks, I'm, I'm supposed to be talking about a prophecy lesson here today. Somebody needs to hear this, probably more than one. Because I've had friends that were in, living under guilt. I know what that's like as a Christian. So the thing is, once you're born again, that's settled. 
God's blood covers you. If you make a mistake, you repent, you do the best you can. If you're not doing the best you can, then it doesn't work. But if you're doing the best you can, you make a mistake, you get up, repent, God will forgive you, and you keep on going. But blessed is the man to whom God will not impute sin. His blood's covering you. So, that's what, and baptism is for inherited sin. Repentance is for committed sin. Repent and get up and keep on going. You remember the time that Peter come to the Lord and he said, I've got this guy driving me out of my mind, Lord. How many times do I got to forgive him? Seven times a day? And the Lord said, no, Peter, 70 times seven. 490 times a day. Now, I've had some bad days, (laughs) but I've never really had anybody come against me or do anything against me 490 times in one day. But listen, the same God that told Peter 490 times a day, you've got to forgive that guy. The same God that told him that, you think he will not forgive you if you repent? Folks, repentance is huge. I ought to do a whole program sometime on just repentance and what all goes into that. Because repentance, very important as you're living as a Christian. Because for any Christian to say, well, I've never made a mistake since I've been born again. You need to repent for that. And so, you need to repent. Repent, keep up, get up and keep on going. You say, what are you doing, Dave? I'm trying to help you get to heaven. And Christians, I mean, I, yeah, I could sit here and pelt you with prophecies and articles and just, we could go right down the line. But sometimes we've got to throw the brakes on and we've got to say, look, the God of heaven is coming back before very long to establish His kingdom here on the earth. There are Christians that are faltering a little bit. Okay, as my Christian brothers and sisters, let me prop you up. And let me say, hey, straighten yourself up. Let me shake you by the lapels, dust you off, and say, now, get on the road and let's go. And as a man of God, that's my job on this earth, to make sure you know how to be born again, how to live as a Christian beyond the born-again experience. That's a lot of one of our Bible studies that we do. And to show you that the God of heaven is coming back very, very before very long to establish His kingdom here on the earth, and let me show you how to be a part of that kingdom. This is the most important thing that end of the age, end time ministries, Dave Robbins, Doug Norvell, Vince Stegall, all of us, that our whole team can do for you. Listen to me. When we get off into eternity, there will be people, Irvin Baxter, probably number one in my life. There's a few other men that have been very influential and women as well. But there will be people. My father-in-law passed away in November of 2020. We had his 75th birthday in July of 2020, just a few months before he passed. I I spoke at his birthday party, and I said that there will be people when I get to heaven that I will look up to hug their neck and say, thank you so much for being influential in my life and helping me get to heaven. And I looked at Irvin Baxter. He was sitting right in front of me, and I said, you're going to be the first guy I look up. I don't care how long it takes me to get to you, After I've worshipped Jesus for millions of years, I will find you and I'm going to hug your neck and tell you that I loved you and and say, thank you for helping me get to heaven. Now, 
If somebody helps you get to heaven, folks, there's no more important person in your life. Well, guess what? That is what I'm sitting behind this desk for. That's why we do these radio and television programs and do the bi-monthly magazine and Into the H Plus and all these other DVDs and everything that we do. The Jerusalem Prophecy College. It is designed for me as a God-called minister to help you get to heaven. And we'll probably do more programs like this in the near future. I may do one where we go through the Bible. I don't know. Maybe one day a week we might do a series on that. I'm just thinking about all kinds of stuff. Because you need to know that God loves you. He came and died for you so you would not have to go to an eternal devil's hell and that you could spend eternity with Him in heaven. And my job, the Great Commission, is that I go into the world and teach and baptize and teach and baptize and teach and prepare people for the soon coming of Jesus Christ. All right, everybody. Wow. Man, I'm at the end of my program and... I was supposed to be going through all kinds of stuff, but I really felt like I needed to go through some of this today because some people are frustrated as Christians. You say, well, I'm a Christian, but I'm scared. You shouldn't be. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and of a sound mind. Imagine walking through all of this stuff being happy. It's the way I live my life, and I know how to show you how to live your life like that as well. So, let's all go through this together. Let's hang with each other all the way to the end because my goal and End Time Ministries' goal is to get you and your family and your sphere of influence through those pearly gates as well. God bless each and every one of you. We love you so much. Thanks for following End Time. This has been End of the Age brought to you by the faithful partners of End Time Ministries. If you're not currently a partner with End Time Ministries or if you would like more information, we invite you to call us at 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-363-8463 or visit us online at endtime.com. 